And now it turns out that <laughs> past Frank made a poor choice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Make Before Break, a podcast about doing meaningful work. My name is Frank, and I'm a full-time iOS and Swift educator. My name is Angelo, and I am a podcaster, a developer, and a candy fiend. Frank, it's been well over a month since our last recording. Do you have any yes. news you would like to share with the class? <laughs> so, there's a good reason why it's been a month, and that's because Shelly and I have released our offspring into production. Holy crap. You spawned a new process. <laughs> Her name is Phoenix Corville. She was born on September 28th at 12.54 p.m. She is absolutely beautiful, and she's been terrorizing my life. Oh, well, congratulations on your new terror. <laughs> your new full-time job. <laughs> congratulations. Thanks a lot, Angelo. I really appreciate it. It's uh, It's been crazy. Like, I like, it's funny because I like telling people that, you know, everything is super chaotic and my life is in shambles. But to be honest, like, it really hasn't been that bad. Really? Um, so this is kind of flying in the face of the accepted knowledge of what it's like to have a newborn in your life. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Unpack this for me. So help. Help. Help yourself help everyone understand how this is working for you. Well, it turns out that, you know, all of this time that we've sunk into building systems, like over the past few years, you know, things like, uh, say, like GTD and meal prep and, you know, like that kind of stuff. Well, it turns out that it pays off. Really? <laughs> Especially when, you know, when when stuff hits the fan, it's it's good to have these things around. That's uh, really good to hear. And, you know, it's been my experience a lot of times that uh, if you're not really um, uh, approaching it in a conscientious manner, those kinds of systems can kind of be the first thing to go out the window when things hit the fan, as you said. So uh, do you have a feeling for, you know, why it's been working well for you or, you know, you know, what in particular has been especially effective? Uh, okay, so why why it's been working is, I think, because, like, we've been doing these things for so long that, like, now it's pretty much a habit and, you know, we can't imagine not doing them. Right. So, for example, like, this morning I was doing my weekly review. Like, you know, like, I have... There's laundry to do, there's dishes to do, but, you know, I'm sitting down and I'm doing my weekly review and I'm running through um, my now overflowing inbox of stuff. And, like, that's been really helpful. And I find it, I find it crazy that, you know, like, now that there's all this, like, external pressure on my time, it's pretty cool to see that, like, these are the things that are sticking, you know? What do you mean by these are the things that are sticking? Well, say, um, like, doing my weekly right, review. Right, okay. I see. Like, these are habits that are ingrained and 
like they're still there. That's awesome. <laughs> that's that's really good to hear. I find this an incredible accomplishment. I'm I'm really like I'm I'm pretty happy about that. Oh, and one of the things that, you know, we've talked about a lot is that having the time to introspect on how you're spending your time and where you're focusing your energy uh helps you you know, place focus on the things that are really important. Um has that well, I guess it's a bit of a silly question. Of course, things have changed. Have you noticed that beyond just like personal life stuff uh, as well? Like what have you what have you been seeing as far as you know, focus and So what the thing that's been that's really changed for me is like again now that there's this external pressure on my time it's really clear like what my priorities are now you know like it's like the the superfluous projects are really easy now to push aside it's like things that i feel like i should do but are not that important like those are just gone yeah (laughs) like goodbye um yeah so uh so there's that and I just find it's a lot easier now to delegate and ask for help and just to like go out there and, you know, that's an interesting thing to hear. Um, I suffer from a, uh, like I, I tend to just try and tackle everything myself and I'm very bad at asking for help. So, Mm um, I tend to just get a little more stressed out when there's an external time pressure as you're putting it, you know? Um, but that's uh, not what I should be doing, clearly. Well, I, it's, it's funny because I feel like I was the same way, you know? Like, I was also, like, really bad at asking for help. And, like, say, for example, I would hire someone to help me with my website. But when there's something I wanted to tweak, like, I wouldn't just ask them like I'm paying for this person to do my website right and I I wouldn't just like ask them like oh hey can you fix the spacing on like you know between like h1s and paragraphs no I would like go in there and do it myself which you know thinking back now is a little ridiculous but uh yeah so that's um so that's a new thing and it's nice it's nice to ask for help yeah it is holy crap absolutely absolutely and what what I've found too is that you know like your friends are honestly just waiting to help you out. You know, like we all want to help out our friends and feel connected and feel like you know we're making a difference in their lives. Some people like that all they need is for you to ask. Right, yeah. And I think it isn't so much that we feel like they're not prepared to help, but rather, well, I, you know, I don't want to burden anyone with my problems or, you know, what right, I've got to do, exactly. you know? Um, so that's been, that's been good. Like everyone in our lives has been incredibly helpful over the past few weeks. And uh, we're just like, things are, things are going great. Things are humming along. We're settling into a new routine. Um, the old routine is totally gone. <laughs> yeah, <no> kidding. <laughs> yeah we don't we don't have much of a choice about that we have a new boss now but uh no but things are really really things are great that's really great to hear 
And, you know, like, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately in terms of, you know, uh, when we're talking about stuff like productivity systems and stuff, and you know, that, that kind of thing, we're not talking about efficiency here, really. What we're talking about is building resiliency and adaptability, <laughs> right? There uh, was a talk I was watching by Margaret Heffernan uh, where she was talking about exactly this, that the most successful teams are the ones that or the most successful um approaches have to do more with um building for just in case rather than just in time kind of thing or you know like lining up all the tasks mm-hmm. so that you can just just knock them off your list one after the other that that's great when you know there isn't uh diaper explosions to deal with or what have you, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, I'm glad to see that that's exactly where you're at and, and things are working that way for you. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Like adaptability and resiliency. I feel like that's exactly like what's going on right now. That's fantastic. And so have you been taking some time off to just enjoy being a new dad? Yes and no. So <laughs> I've, uh, so yeah, so I took like the first couple of weeks off, but I announced um, right before Phoenix was born, I announced that I'm giving my first online workshop on November 14th. So I've kind of had that in the back of my mind yep. as well, like throughout this whole process. But that was a thing that you, because you announced it ahead of time, you'd started already getting yourself most of the way there for prep or, you know, whatever you needed to do to have it up and running. Right. Clearly nothing yeah, could go yeah. wrong so, with that. <laughs> like building it backwards. Like I was able to see that even if I were to take, you know, two, three, four weeks off, I can still get this thing off the ground in, you know, a, 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 in a shape in which I'd be proud to present to paying customers. Right, right. right. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy to say that I made my first online That's sale so on the internet ever. <laughs> That's so cool. Congratulations. That I'm, I still can't believe it. Um, and yeah, like I've, I've always told, like, I've always told you and I've always told Shelly that, you know, if I can make one sale, if I can make at least one sale, I know that, you know, I have something here that's worth building on. And now that that's happened, I feel, you know, like re-energized and really like, let's do this. Well, yeah, it's, it's a big reinforcement, you know, to, to see somebody saying, Hey, not only do I enjoy whatever you're tweeting or writing or whatever, but I'm willing to give you money for your, um, your expertise or your product or your service or whatever. Uh, that's, that's really validating. That's a, you know, a huge positive, uh, reinforcement. Yeah. And there's like, imagine the leap of trust that you have to make. Like this workshop is not cheap. Like it's right now, like the early bird price is 200 us. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's that's like a substantial amount of it money. Is. So seeing that, you know, that kind of that trust that people are putting in me and in the product, that's that's really nice. 
like I feel I feel truly lucky to have to have a customer. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um I think you know, it's that first step and you're going to I'm sure it's going to go great. You're going to learn from the experience, make the next one even better. But you know what what's the plan uh from here on out? I mean, between now and like so, let's say the end of the year or whatever. I'm not asking for like a five-year plan. <laughs> I do have a five-year plan, but the plan I'd say for like the next six months is to like continue iterating on content, growing like my online presence and online audience, and then offering maybe two or three other workshops. And the idea is to get to one workshop every two weeks and have about like six months worth of of different content mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and roll with that and do you want to talk a little bit more about the the workshop itself like what you're focusing on or who your target customer is you want to you know shamelessly self-promote right now oh okay why you not you should so <laughs> hey so the workshop is about essentially ios concurrency uh, using Grand Central Dispatch, which is the, I guess, like the low-level concurrency library uh, in iOS. And the idea behind the workshop is to really dive into like what concurrency is, what the potential problems are, like what are the pitfalls, and then seeing like what does Apple recommend for, like what are Apple's recommendations for using Grand Central Dispatch, mm-hmm. And like, what are the patterns and practices that we can use in order to, you know, kind of approach these problems in a way that doesn't, you know, screw us over six months down the line. Right on. And and this isn't for, let's say, my first iOS app level, you know, pro, uh, workshop kind of content, but it's not, is it like aimed at more of an expert level or? I would say intermediate to advanced. Right. Um it might be a little more difficult for um, for someone who's like at the intermediate level, but I think that the content would still be approachable. Um, right. A lot of these things, a lot of these things are best practices that aren't really known. Mm-hmm. You know, it's stuff that you learn through like scraping through Twitter of like the like scraping through the Twitter feed of the guy who maintains GCD at Apple. You know, things like that. It's pretty, like, there's a lot of research that went into building this workshop. I believe and, it. And there's so many, there are so many things, like, so many best practices that are completely counterintuitive. So, I think there's a lot of value in it. And I just, I can't wait. I think it's going to be so much <laughs> you fun to, ju- you just <laughs> to present all this. <laughs> you look so excited. It's it's amazing. I love it. I, I uh, And I mean, you're... When I've seen your talks at meetups or what uh, you know conferences, you're always pretty enthusiastic about presenting and teaching and stuff. So I, you know, I feel like this is going to be right up your alley. Hey, let's hope so. Let's hope for a nice, long, bright future of workshops. Well, I don't think iOS is going anywhere anytime soon. So you're going to have a backlog of material for a while. Mac OS, on the other hand, I don't know what's going on with that, but we'll see. 
Uh, yeah, Catalyst seems to be a little difficult for developers. Yeah. The whole, like, oh, just check a box in Xcode. <laughs> yeah, um, that, of course that was going to work. <laughs> Maybe that's not what they should have led with. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, like, AppKit is just kind of... I won't say unapproachable, but in my last exploration of, like, how would I create a Mac app, knowing what I know about iOS apps... Catalyst seems like way more approachable than AppKit right now. Um, and yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, I'm sure Mac developers will are, are yelling at me for saying that. But And hey, like Catalyst is only going to get better over time, right? Because sure. that's obviously what Apple seems to be moving towards, Ye- like that and Swift UI. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it's just an experiment. So not anymore. No, no, I don't think so. It's out of beta. <laughs> right. Well, Swift was out of beta for a while too, and it wasn't until like Swift three or four that you could, you know, really count on it. So Yeah, so that's all the big workshop news for now. Very exciting. Oh man. So moving along. Yep. Um I I did something I never thought I would do, Angelo. You bought an Android phone? <laughs> okay, not it's not it's not that bad. Well, um, I know. So we're gonna get emails. <laughs> it's gonna be email bad. Frank. Uh, so I purchased my first iPhone case. Okay. A case like I've never had an iPhone. Like, yeah, I know. My. My first iPhone was like the iPhone 3GS. Like I haven't had a case since my first iPhone. Like this is it's what like seven, eight years now. Sounds about this right. This is weird. Yeah. So why then did you? Okay, two questions. One, why, and two, um, which case? You can start with whichever question. Okay, I'll start. I'll start with number two because that, that that's a lot quicker to unpack. <laughs> sure. Um, so I got the uh, Apple Silicon case. Okay. Like the official Apple yep. one. Um, and it's nice. Fits well. It's all... Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't have much to say about it. I it's mean, case. It's, reli- it's reliable. <laughs> it wraps the phone well. It just works. Yeah. And actually, one of the things that I found that's nice about it is that it doesn't wrap all the way around the bottom. Yep. So when you're trying to use... Uh, um, when you're trying to like you know swipe up from the bottom for like face ID or whatever, mm-hmm. like that works great. Yeah, um, I had the silicone case. Uh, I now have a leather Apple case on my phone. The only thing that I find is that for swipes from the edge of the screen, it can be a little bit annoying. Hmm. Um, but I'm I'm of two minds. Sometimes I want a case. Sometimes I don't want a case. You know. Um, so, okay. Tell me, first of all, what phone do you have again? Remind me. So I have a 10 S max. So I have like, it's a fabulous last year's, <laughs> last year's big phone. Right. Um, and now it turns out that <laughs> past Frank made a poor choice. <laughs> okay. Go on. Holy crap. So having a big, like. So there's a thing that happens when you have a baby where you're often using things one-handed. Mm-hmm. 
and having like using a big phone one-handed all of the time gets annoying really fast yeah my goodness um so the whole reason why i decided to get a case was so that i can install i can install something called a phone loop okay so it's essentially like this piece of fabric that kind of loops through the uh the hole for the camera mm-hmm. and around the right. case so you have somewhere to like put your hand so it can kind of like hold you've it. got a tether basically pretty much um so Shelly has one and I tried it out on her phone, really like mm-hmm. it. So that's kind of what that's kind of what I'm going for now. Um and I considered a pop socket, like those seem to be cool. Well, at least they were cool like a year yeah. ago. I'm not sure if they're still cool, but uh I don't know, like just the fact that it kind of it kind of um gets in the way of the wireless charging. Right, right. Th- that's kind of not cool. Yeah, I guess it would, because um, the I I have like a pop socket that I never installed on my phone, and looking at it collapse, it's still a good like three four millimeters thick, and I think that's enough to interrupt the the charging, um, like the inductive fields. Yeah, or I mean, if it doesn't interrupt the charging, your phone is just going to charge more slowly. Yeah, right. Like significantly more slowly. I think CGP Gray had tried right. this out and. And uh, he said that like it was it was charging at like ten percent of the normal speed Yee. or something. So yeah, so pop sockets weren't really an option. Right. Um, but this phone loop thing should be fine. I'm waiting for mine in the mail, and I can't wait. I got one with unicorns. Good. It's uh, it's like unicorns and donuts and ice cream and rainbows like it looks amazing please remember to add a link to the show notes so that we can all get our unicorn and donut phone loop you got it um and all of this it's funny because all of this has kind of like developed up like this brand new appreciation for like accessibility Mm -hmm. and inclusive design yeah yeah for sure um i so I, I had a, an accident about two, almost two and a half years ago that um, put me in a splint. My left arm was in a splint and my left hand was pretty much unusable for a few months. So I can relate uh, <laughs> when you can't use your, uh, your, your um, both hands the way you're used to. Yeah, it can be pretty tough. Like I remember seeing this uh this like table that it's mm-hmm. made by like the Microsoft like inclusive design they're group. so good yeah essentially it kind of like splits up uh different i guess disabilities mm-hmm. or like handicaps in terms of like permanent temporary and situational right so say for example someone who has like a permanent touch disability might be someone who's missing an arm but someone who has a temporary disability might be someone who, you know, has his arm in a splint. Right. Or someone who has a situational disability might be someone who's, you know, holding a baby all the yeah, time. Yeah, I've seen that uh, that table as well. And uh, it's it really does, if you've never thought about this as somebody who's like, you know... Right, play, 100% able-bodied yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. Uh, it really can be eye-opening. And then, if, 
you know, you decide you actually care about this stuff, which you should, you know, then uh, it, it, it serves as some kind of guide. It doesn't replace uh, testing for accessibility and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. but I find like, it's just, I've, I've always cared about this stuff, but now with my situation, I feel like I've developed like this brand new kind of like enthusiasm for it. Yeah. Because it's really like, it's like this stuff is real, you know, like when you're out in the world with, uh, um, when you're out in the world, like pushing your baby in a carriage and you need to use public transit, like the fact that our buses can, you know, drop down like a foot and a half so you can roll on like yep. it, like it, it, it's really nice yeah it is it is and that's the kind of thing that a lot of public um public spaces just haven't had for a long time mm-hmm. and we're a lot better about it now at least as far as um you know government services and and the bigger um corporations or whatever but it's still not an across the board like we're thinking accessible first design kind of thing yeah for sure but um yeah so at least you know it's it's made me kind of like reconsider just so many things that i do like you know it's made me see them in a whole new light Mm -hmm. and uh it's been it's been eye-opening you know like what is accessible and what isn't is it's uh i don't know it's crazy man yeah yeah it is and it can be a little discouraging uh you can feel a little overwhelmed by just how bad the situation can be you know um no turn on voiceover on your phone or your mac you know and try and use apple to their credit do a, a a great job with this but not everyone else does, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one of the things that I've kind of been looking forward to is diving into iOS 13's voice control. Because mm-hmm. that seems to be like exactly what I need. Um, you know, being able to like say, hey, like tap this button, you know? Right. Show grid, tap 22. To me, like that seems like <laughs> very, very useful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'll have to, I don't know, I'll have to dig into it more and see, you know, how well is it integrated? Is it something that works, like, is it something that works well in third-party apps? Is that tied to something like similar functionality as Siri shortcuts, for example? Like voice-controlled Siri shortcuts? Oh boy, I have no clue. Okay. I haven't done much investigation of this, to be honest. No, me neither. Like it's for the whole. I feel like the whole shortcuts thing is like this untapped world mm-hmm. that uh, we need to sink our teeth into. Yeah, well, we um, uh, at Glitch there was a couple of projects that my colleague created um, where you can use iOS or, or Siri shortcuts to talk to an API that you create on Glitch, which is really fun. Um, and in doing some research for that, wow, 
there's a lot going on. And uh, I think uh, David Sparks and Rosemary Orchard have been talking a lot about that on their Automators podcast. That's a great podcast. It's a great podcast. Yeah, they're 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 both wonderful. Um, so uh, we'll link to that. So I'm very curious now about voice control. Though I have a thing with voice control, even with just using the Siri voice assistant. Oh yeah, oh, sh- stop Siri, stop. <laughs> uh. <laughs> of course, that would. Yeah, happen. of course. Uh, and I'm sorry if I've triggered your robot assistant, but um, that to me is really the kind of thing that I'm only comfortable doing in the privacy of my own home, mm-hmm. right? Like I will, I will never lift my wrist to dictate a message to you know my my wife or whatever. That's just not something I'm going to do in public. Uh, because I think I have recollections of Dick Tracy or something that's just like, no, this isn't going to work. <laughs> um, similarly, like, I'm I'm not going to, I don't know, like, even just telling the robot to turn the lights on and off in the living room, you know, because we're watching a movie, so set movie time or whatever. I just feel silly doing it, you know? It... <laughs> Fair enough. I, I don't. Know. It's probably just something that I need to get over. But I still, I still say thank you to Siri whenever she executes something, and she does it. That's well. an interesting. I feel thing. like, I feel like you know, Siri should get some positive reinforcement. I, so there's a school of thought that suggests that if you humanize these uh, assistants, then um, there's a chance of I don't remember the exact details but it's 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 essentially that like it's it's not a good thing because you're devaluing the interactions that you have with humans then like real humans oh but i don't know sorry, i mean Angelo. at the same time like <laughs> i was taught to say please and thank you for any interaction you know right like, exactly and if you're a conmari person you know uh acolyte then you're supposed to thank your inanimate objects at the end of the day for doing what they were designed to do you know and doing it well so yeah whenever whenever we leave uh whenever we leave uh, uh, the apartment we're always like goodbye apartment do you see you soon do you say hello apartment when you uh not quite that's interesting hmm yeah that is interesting <laughs> It's probably not that interesting, but I, I, I don't know. I think it's it's something. <laughs> it's definitely something. Yeah. yeah. But um about yeah, go ahead. About using Siri in public. Like I do it all the time. Uh I know I probably look like look a little unhinged. Well, you look but, like somebody uh, that's, you know, the person that uses voice assistants. I don't know. Yeah, like I find talking into the watch is not so bad. Um, but when you have, say, if you have like your earpods and you're using like Hey Siri on your earpods, oh no, I said, I'm sorry, sorry listeners. <laughs> but so if you use like Hey Voice Assistant on your on your earpods, then you can look like I like I'll admit you look a bit silly. Um, yeah, 
it's off-putting like, just to see somebody walking around having a like a, a, a hands-free conversation on their airpo- uh yeah airpods oh yeah it, it's just off-putting so looks a little silly but you know what i have no regrets well i mean if your arms are otherwise tied up with you know your child or you know carrying groceries or whatever why not there you go and now that apple isn't listening in on them or having independent contractors listening in on on these conversations anymore you know all the better oh boy so true yeah that blew up didn't it well and it happened after you know all these other companies were caught doing this you know and and prides itself on privacy that's just no no and i know that um matt and reese and daniel jalkett talked about this a lot on an episode of core intuition how like this is this is your thing you know this is what you do this is how you define yourself um how did this slip through the cracks that you're doing this kind of thing you know um yeah, and I'm I'm like, not gonna make any kind of judgment call on on that because it's a little bit, you know, um, I don't know, but it does feel like that that was not good. Yeah, I feel like for a company that prides itself on security, like yes, I'm sure it's in the fine print that you know people will be like li- like humans will be listening to this in order to you know, score interactions mm-hmm. or whatever, but perhaps, you know, that's the type of thing that they should put front and center. Right. And that they should give you a decision on, you know, up front. Mm-hmm. And this it- kind of like when you install like a new OS and then they ask you like, oh, do you want to send analytics to app developers? Like, it, to me, it seems like the same thing, right? Well, or an even, I think maybe better example is when... um like the transcriptions for voicemails if you're if you're using visual voicemail on your iPhone it'll try to transcribe it and a lot of the times it's pretty laughable <laughs> yeah um but it'll ask you straight up would you like to submit this for feedback you know to to um would you like to submit feedback and you know uh send this along so that we can improve our algorithms or whatever and it's oh. right there under the transcription yes or no you know, hmm. um, so you've got that right there, you know, fair enough. So maybe if there was a way to, you know, when an interaction happens that doesn't go the way you thought it should go, then at that point, you should be able to submit that to Apple and kind of have it right flagged as something that, you know, you want them to look into. Right, exactly. And a lot of these were kind of accidental triggerings of the robot too, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, hearing like, hey, I didn't quite catch that. Would you like to submit this to Apple? Would be something. I think no matter what, like these systems are going to have humans that, you know, work... Um, in order to, you know, score interactions and kind of like work out like the finer details, especially when it comes to things like accents and... Right, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they'll so, be there until that gets tr- good enough to train itself. And then the people that mm-hmm. are being paid to do these jobs, which are generally contractors not being paid a whole lot of money, you know, uh, are then put out of a job. 
And you know what? There, there's a great talk that Ethan Marcotte recently released. He spoke uh, at a few places. He gave the talk at a few places, including uh, Clarity Conf. And he talks a lot about this kind of thing, about how we're we're just not doing... We're not doing right by people, you know, uh, when it comes to this kind of thing. So hmm. I'll add that to the... I think that's one of the more important talks from this year that I've seen. So I'm going to add it to the show notes. It's called The Worldwide Work. Hmm, interesting. I want to I wanna check that out. Let me add that down when you focus real quick. Capture, capture. Boom, done. Okay. Yay. See, it's all about systems and habits. <laughs> there you go, dear listener. This is what it's That's all about. That's all you need to know. Uh, form a habit, have a good system, and everything's going to be great. Don't worry about it. It's That's not the way it works. <laughs> it really isn't. It's just, it helps, I guess. It helps. It definitely does. Anything else on your mind, Frank? Anything else uh, that you want to talk about? You 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 plugged your your workshop. Super exciting. Um, I think aside from the fact that you know doing meal prep is <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> uh, I think I think we're I I think I'm ready to wrap up. Great. Uh, so yeah, let's wrap wrap this up, uh, Frank. Anything specific you want your listen the listeners to check out while you're signing off? For sure. If you if you're interested in iOS concurrency and you want to learn more about it, I'm giving a workshop on November 14th. It's a remote workshop, so you just have to sign in through Zoom, and uh, you can join us. It's uh, the link is ioscoachfrank.com slash workshops and it's going to be right there very handy boom as for me um i was recently interviewed by anil dash on his function podcast which was pretty exciting pretty terrifying um no not terrifying uh and i got to talk a little bit about um just self-care and creating apps and and technology and the relationship between the three. Um, so uh, I recommend having a listen to that podcast, not just the episode that I was on, but the uh, the podcast in general touches on how technology and culture are um, interacting with each other and making things either better or not so better. So check that out. All right. So I guess we'll see each other next week. Sounds great. Good to be back. Good to be back. Listening to Make Before Break, a podcast about the struggle in doing meaningful work. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you left a review on iTunes. We don't do ads, so if you'd like to help offset our production costs, you can buy us a coffee. Links are in this episode's show notes. Visit us on the web at makebeforebreak.com, follow us on Twitter at makebeforebreak, or send an email to hello at makebeforebreak.com. Make